Hello and welcome to Painting the Corners. We've got an emergency Juan Soto episode on the books. Wow. Um, I just can't believe it. You know, we're still going to do a uh, live trade deadline reaction episode as planned um, at 2 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Eastern uh, through the trade deadline tonight. But we just had to get on this one as soon as possible absolutely league altering franchise altering trade maybe the biggest trade in history logan i mean what do you even have to say about this it's simply unbelievable i mean a player like soto juan soto and we're not even just talking about a top 10 player in baseball not even a top five arguably i mean there's a legit argument that he's the best player the best hitter in the entire sport with three years of control and he's getting traded um to our San Diego Padres. Unbelievable. There's really no words other than unbelievable. AJ Preller, masterclass. Masterclass job to get this done. Absolutely. I mean, I know we're not going to know for five, ten years even, but what's your first impression of the return? The return is exactly what I expected, yet on top of it, we're getting Josh Bell. That's my reaction. And potentially shedding Hosmer's contract, although that doesn't look likely now. Right. So even if you're not shedding Hosmer's contract, we're getting Josh Bell, who, let me remind you guys, has a higher OPS than Manny Machado, who is in MVP discussions. He has a higher OPS than that guy, right? So we're not just adding a upgraded first baseman. We are adding a guy who should have been an all-star, granted, yeah, whatever, but geez, I mean, this is not just adding Juan Soto for the next three years. We are in a very, very good position now, given the fact that we not only have Juan Soto, but we were able to fill the closer hole yesterday, and now first base has been massively upgraded. I mean, massively. He's been arguably a top five first baseman this year. Absolutely. We were talking before about, you know, upgrading the weakest links on your roster rather than, you know, upgrading from an average player to a really good player. Well, this is going from a well below average player in Hosmer at first base to a, yeah, as you said, top five first baseman this year. That's a huge, huge upgrade. And obviously Soto is the bigger piece here, but yeah, it definitely shouldn't be overlooked that Bell is going to be a huge piece of this team. Only a rental for this year, but that just reinforces how all in the Padres are. And as we should be, if you're going to go get Juan Soto and you have Tatis and you have Machado and you have Darvish and Snell and Musgrove and Manaya and Clevenger, all these guys are not getting younger. They're not getting more years with the Padres. We're losing valuable years that we lost in 2020 and 2021, right? Like we didn't go to a World Series. We didn't win at all. Maybe that wasn't the expectation, but now it is. I think now the expectation is go to the World Series. Again, a lot can happen in the playoffs. You have to get over the Dodgers. You have to get over the Mets. There's a lot of good teams. But we have the players. And Juan Soto is not only a really good regular season player. The dude rakes. He rakes in October. He is so confident when he's at the plate. He looks like he's hitting off of a Little League team. And it's the freaking playoffs. I, I mean, it, it's stunning. It's stunning because this isn't just a, a move for the regular season. He is legit in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, his performance in 2019 in the World Series, oh. when he had just turned 21 days before <laughs> the World Series, and he took Garrett Cole deep twice, and he took Verlander 96 up and in, 450 to right field, man, 
you just don't see that come around very often. And the fact that he was traded at all is just mind blowing. You know, we were talking about him, of course, the last few episodes. And, you know, we may have been breaking down the possible returns and, you know, getting excited about it. But we both still had pretty big reservations, pretty big doubts that he would actually get moved by this deadline. And the fact that he actually was is astonishing to me. And it's beyond the fact that it's astonishing that he got moved. It's the fact that they added Josh Bell to the deal for me. Because, in my opinion, the prospect return that they got, would it have sucked to just get Juan Soto for that? Yeah. I would have done it, though, for Juan Soto. I would have said, yeah, you know what? Punch me in the stomach. We'll lose those guys. Would maybe a stud one day. But we're getting Juan freaking Soto. But you give me Josh Bell, now we're legit. Like, we were legit with Soto, but now we're legit legit. That's what's the, the kicker for me. We did not only a smart baseball move for now, I genuinely feel like we won the trade. Yeah. I don't feel like it's a balance. I, I really think we won this. I totally agree. The first thing I thought when I saw those prospects was I would have done this just for Soto. Exactly like what you right. said. It hurts to give up Gore. We talked about that, obviously. But the Padres just shored up their pitching depth by extending Clevenger. Or, sorry, extending Musgrove. So it doesn't hurt as much. They retained Morihone, uh, which could be big. Very. And yeah, I mean, Abrams was always going to go in this deal. So was Hassel. Wood was apparently the kind of holdup guy that we had to include to push the Nats over the edge. Um, he hurts, but again, he's 19. He's in high A or low A, I think. Yes, low A. So he's not going to help in the next few years. And the next few years is when we have to strike. Our window is is only going to be open for a little while. We've got to, we got to strike now, and we did. And Preller, I mean, what can you even say? He certainly made his mistakes, but these last two days, the deals for Hayter and Soto and Bell, I don't know how you can draw it up any better than that. No, and the, and the thing that I love so much about these trades are we're not getting guys who are hot this year. We're not getting guys who have shown promise. We're getting, right. like... We're getting perennial We're getting stars. a guy who's won... The Trevor Hoffman Award, three out of the last four years. We're getting a guy who is considered the next Ted Williams at 23, and not because of what we think he's going to do, but because of what he did. <laughs> like, what he's done. It's what he's mm-hmm. done. We're getting guys who have done stuff and are young. They're not 35 and could randomly decline. It's truly unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, there's no way. And now <laughs> we, we also have all three of the main players – from the 2019 Brewers Nationals wildcard game. <laughs> Hater to Soto to Grisham. They're all reunited on the Padres. Man, who would have thought? If somebody told you that in 2019. It's even if even if you just told someone that Juan Soto is gonna be on the team with Fernando Tatis, that's just simply ridiculous. Oh yeah. If you told me Juan Soto is gonna be on the team with Tatis, I would have said, damn, why'd we trade Tatis? <laughs> I never would have thought that we would get so. No, no. And you look at, so you look at the powerhouse teams, right? Let's go to, let's use the Dodgers. I think that's the best example. Obviously, you're putting out Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Kershaw, Bueller, right? Like, you're putting out these stars, just just legit stars. Mm-hmm. And and it feels like, oh, my gosh, you know, you they're eighth hitters, freaking an, a perennial all-star. But you look at our big three. In my opinion, it is simply more dynamic and better than the Dodgers' big three. If you want to consider that to be, what, Betts, Turner, Freeman? Yeah. Yeah, if that's what you're going to consider. Soto and Tatis, it's like having Trout and Otani. 
but then we also have Machado, and we also have a top rotation in baseball, and we also have the best closer in baseball. Like, it's unbelievable this team that Preller's put together. Oh, and by the way, you have an all-star second baseman, right? You have Jerkson Profar having an insane year in left field. Like, there's, there's not. There are no holes anymore. Grisham in center field is the weakest link, but he's been coming around recently. Right. The catching situation is average. All through the infield is all-stars now. Bell, Cronenworth, Tatis, Machado, all extremely good players. All have been all-stars in their careers. Right. Pro far and left, having a five-win season, basically, on pace four. Unbelievable. Um, and now Soto, obviously, in right. Just unbelievable, yeah, as you said. And that's what I've always looked at teams that go to the World Series, whether it was the Astros perennially, um, Dodgers, whoever it's been the last couple of years, I'm like, what is the missing link between them and us? And it's mm-hmm. something that I always came to was, hey, look at that random guy who just put a five-war season up out of the middle of nowhere. Right. Look at that dude who just, who just, they just have three relievers who have never been good. All of a sudden, they're good. Look at the guy in the rotation who had his career year, cut his ERA in half. Like, we have that now. Mm-hmm. And we have star power. Exactly. Yeah. The depth is really the difference maker. Our lineup just got incredibly long, like unbelievably long. Our our lineup, yeah. you know, we've we've kind of lamented the lack of offense, lack of slugging, especially. We're basically middle of the pack in runs scored. I think seventeenth in runs scored per game. Right, and that's with a lineup consisting of Profar, Machado, Cronenworth, Voit, etc. You're telling me you add Tatis, Soto. And Bell, that's like doubling your run-producing output. It's unfathomable. Yeah. No, it is. It is unfathomable. And it's not even just the the straight slug aspect. Like, they drive in runs. And I know that, whatever, RBIs don't matter. But it matters when you want to win a baseball game. And we want to win games. And both of these guys drive in runs. Do you know who else drives in runs? Fernando Tatis. And he's going to come back in, what, two, three weeks now? That's not that far away. He's rehabbing later this week. Guys, like we're going to have a producing offense. And what have we somehow played 10 games, 11 games now, above 500 baseball the entire year with really no run production? I mean, it's really just been grinding to get runs. We have that now. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to talk a little bit more in detail about the return now? Yeah, I think we, we definitely should. It's The Nationals lose this trade because you lose Juan Soto. At the end of the day, they got legit prospects. Very legit prospects. And you're getting guys who are not considered prospects anymore in Goran Abrams, who just graduated recently. They're top, top young players in the entire sport. It's a good return, don't you think? 100%. Yeah, we talked about... Okay, everybody knows you know Gore was best pitching prospect in baseball as recently as 2020. Uh, obviously went through a little struggles, but then came out of the gate on fire this season uh, in the bigs. So he's a stud. Abrams, also a stud, top 10 prospect before coming into this year. He's held his own recently. He started slowly, but um, definitely started to have better at-bats. And you know he's going to bring a good glove and really good speed. So he'll definitely be a, a valuable contributor at the least and you know a star at his ceiling. Then on the minor league side, Hassel has been the gem of the Padres system um, coming up the last couple of years. 
outfielder raking in high A. Wood, who we talked about a little bit in low A, having an absolutely dominant season, um, hitting like 330, 400, 560 or something like that. Just hitting the cover off the ball. And then the kind of under-the-radar piece who we mentioned a little bit, Harleen Susana, 18 years old, throwing 100 in um, the Complex League, Arizona Rookie League. I mean, they're all, as we knew it would be, they're all super, super high upside guys. And there's enough of them that even if, well, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a given that not all of them will pan out. That's just how it works. But you have five top, top shelf young players, and you've got to believe you're going to get three major leaguers out of that at least. Is that enough for Juan Soto? I don't know. It's a different debate, but it's certainly the biggest return ever oh, yeah. in a major league trade. Right, and, and national fans, don't go looking at MLB Pipeline's rankings because they're honestly atrocious. Um, they're outdated it, as well. Yeah, they're very outdated, and maybe atrocious is the wrong word because they have Hassel as one, James Wood is three, and this is in the Padres system, and then they have uh, Susana all the way down at 14. Realistically, if you're asking me how I'm ranking these guys, you have James Wood one, Hassel two, Susana's probably seven, six range. They didn't really do a, a an adequate job of ranking Susana, though again, he was young, they didn't have enough on him. I mean, we talked about it the last episode. James Wood has played himself into a top 25 prospect overall, right. according to multiple evaluators. Um Jackson Merrill was also in that discussion. The Padres somehow hang on to him. I would not have been at all surprised to see him go as well. Right. Um, but yeah, these are these are blue, blue, blue chip prospects. For sure. To give you a little bit deeper of a dive into some of these guys, uh, for you national fans, you went, so let, let's kind of dive into the what makes these guys special, not just that they put up numbers, right? So you look at Abrams. He was sixth overall prospect at one time the entire sport before he graduated. Graduated early because the Padres needed him with Tatis getting hurt. You're getting a guy whose bat-to-ball skills are elite. He plays a very, very strong shortstop, second base if need be, but he's going to project as a shortstop for you guys nationals. I guarantee you he's the shortstop of your future. You're looking at a guy who's going to put together 20 to 25 home runs a year if it pans out. He's going to hit high average. He's going to steal a lot of bases. He is a cornerstone guy for a franchise. He can be. He has that upside for sure. You hope he taps into that. He's tiny. He's a small build. You put some muscle on him. You could see the home run totals getting even higher. When you look at a guy like Robert Hassel, who in my opinion is this is probably the third best position player you're getting back, you're looking at a guy who has extremely good bat-to-ball skills, plays center field, is going to be a center fielder, can project as a left fielder, probably won't touch right, but I see him as a center fielder of the future for you guys as well. You're looking at a guy who's going to put, again, 20 to 25 home runs, should hit for a high average. You're going to like the the player that he is. He's a good player. He's not flashy. Yeah, I mean, Keith Law, I think it was Keith Law of the Athletic, he said Hassel would compete for batting titles in the majors in not that long, in three or four years. Right. Um, so that's that's the kind of bats of ball skills, offensive talent. He has one of the purest swings, most polished swings in the minor leagues. For sure. And I'll go back to two nights ago. He took a pitch up and away. It was a ball up and a ball away. And he hit it out left field. It was taking the opposite field. 
I know it's he's playing in high A. I get the pitching is not elite there. At the same time, that's elite to be able to hit that pitch out. Diving into, in my opinion, who could be the best return guy in this entire deal in James Wood, the last position player we'll touch on. He's 6'7", 255. This is an Aaron Judge-sized player who does have a little bit of strikeout issues, but you expect that he hits the ball a long way. And it's not just poolside power. He's taking the ball up the center of the diamond. Majority of his home runs this year have been center to left center. He's a, he's a left-handed hitter. He's taking the majority of his home runs the other way. It's silly pop. He has really quick hands. His wrists are extremely strong, and he whips them through the zone very, very well. Ideal for a major league player. This is a guy who, again, you don't want to comp him to Aaron Judge because what Aaron Judge is is elite, elite. But he is an extremely, extremely high potential and could end up being the highest valued guy you get back in this deal. Yeah, I mean, you look at Abrams, first-round pick. What, sixth overall, right? Hassel, first-round pick. Wood was a second-round pick, but he was going to be in the top half of the first round if not for concerns about him not signing and going to college. That's three first-rounders in the last three drafts right there. And then Gore, first-rounder in 2017. Like, we're just going down the list of insane talent. Correct. And now with Gore, he's coming over to you guys with an elbow injury. Though they did structural MRIs, it looks like it's not too big of a deal. He's going to be okay. He's got a plus fastball, a plus slider, an above-average curveball, and a changeup that does need refining. He throws hard for a lefty. When he's good and healthy, he's sitting 94 to 96. He can touch seven. He locates it well. The fastball is his best pitch. Before he started to kind of lose velocity, and, and we know now that that was because of an injury, it was rated as, it don't, if correct me if I'm wrong, the best fastball in the entire sport. Yeah, it was. He can beat guys in the zone with that pitch. He has decent control. Um, obviously, that will be refined with time. He's still super young, but it almost doesn't matter because he can throw the fastball in the zone and beat guys with it. It's good spin. It's great ride. It's good deception from the left-handed arm slot. And yeah, that fastball paired with the slider, it's it's devastating. And you look at the final guy that you're getting. He's the biggest wild card, I would say, Susano. Just because he's the youngest. Right. And, and again, he wasn't the top prospect originally, but he's throwing 100 topping 101-102. So you're thinking floor, relief pitcher. He probably has a floor of a major league relief pitcher just for the sole fact that he can hit 100. That'll give you a chance at some point. So minimal guys, you're getting a relief pitcher back-end type guy. Ceiling-wise, you have a guy who's going to be sitting probably 97 to 99 out of the rotation with a plus slider. He obviously needs to develop another pitch. He doesn't have one that you can consider legit yet. However, this is a legit prospect. He can become a top five prospect in any system in baseball, no doubt. Oh, yeah. So Nationals fans, like, you're getting return. I totally agree. Um, Whether, again, whether that's worth Juan Soto is probably a matter of personal opinion at this point because we don't know how well these guys have panned out. But... As you said, it's just hard to consider a trade a loss for the Padres when you're getting such a generational talent um, for two-plus years. three plus And Bell. Years. And Bell as well. Right. And and like, like we can hype these prospects up as much as we want, right? Jorge Mateo, 
was a top prospect and yep. assistant at one point. Yep. Right. Like, look, go look at every single guy in the major leagues. I'm serious. Go look at every single roster and pull up prospect status for the entire 26-man roster, and you'll be shocked to see how many of those guys were supposed to be the next C.J. Abrams, James Wood. Right? They were, they were all projected just like these guys. Majority don't pan out. And it's, it's majority. It really is. Majority do not pan out. They might make it to the pros, but they're DFA'd five times. What happened? Right? You look at Jerks and Profar for the Padres. He was a top prospect. Granted, he's playing well this year, but he was supposed to, I mean, he was supposed to be the next Wander Franco type guy. Yeah. He was that good of a prospect. So just keep that in mind that it's really tough to say, oh, yeah, well, these guys are going to be great because this, this, and this. They actually have to become great before you can say that they are great. Yeah. I mean, that being said, Fangraph's always on it. They have they have incorporated these guys into the Nationals farm system already. And they just said that the Nats went from 24th best farm in baseball, bottom third, to 8th. And 5th if you include Gore, who graduated. So... You know, yeah, we said biggest return of all time, and we meant it, man. I, to go from bottom third to top five, bottom five to top five, basically, that's insane <laughs> in one trade. Okay, so I have to kind of come with breaking news real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is breaking news, but Kevin AC did just tweet, you all are about to be real happy. Now, we know AC plays with Twitter. That has to be Hosmer, and you know it, because he's already tweeted about Soto. Yeah. If we are all about to be very happy, something with Hosmer has gone down. We'll keep you updated if anything happens during this podcast. Yeah, let's just recap exactly what the status is of the deal right now because there's still some pieces up in the air. Okay, I have to interrupt you. I have to interrupt you. Hosmer is going to the Boston Red Sox. Oh it my just goodness. Eric Hosmer to the Boston Red Sox. We got him away. Let's go. Hosmer is no longer a Padre. We See do not ya. have to stress about him. Let's go. Thank you, Boston. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot. So thank are they you taking Campusano? I have no clue what's going on, but Jeff Jeff Sanders of the UT just dropped this. That might wow. be his first bomb that he's ever dropped, but oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is unbelievable. Wow. For the Red Sox. Wow. Okay, that changes things. You saw it coming. There's just no spot for Hosmer. Um, with Bell traded. So yeah, as I was going to say, the original deal had Hosmer going to the Nats as well. We were paying off almost all of his contract, which is why the deal didn't fall through um, even when Hosmer was taken out. So yeah, for those of you who don't know, Hosmer, when he signed his deal, what was it, eight years, 144 with the Padres, Yep, he got a partial no trade clause as well. Um, and the Nationals are apparently on the list of teams that he can decline trades to. And so when he was told that he was part of this trade, he vetoed it uh, somewhat surprisingly in Logan and my opinion. Um, And so he was taken out of the deal, but since the Padres had already promised the Nats to pay off almost all of his contracts, it didn't really matter. So the deal still went through and now they had to find somewhere else to put him. And it looks like the Red Sox are taking him. The Red Sox have already had an extremely weird deadline, and we'll get into that in our other episode. Yeah, we will. But wow, keep in mind, when it came back to the time when Hosmer was debating on where to sign, it was three teams. It was Royals, Padres, Red Sox. Mm. Royals 
bowed out because they were not going to pay for him. They decided they were not going to pony up for that money. And they were obviously extremely, extremely smart. Now, the Red Sox have some affinity with Hosmer. I doubt that it comes back to, oh, well, we wanted to sign him because we loved him back in that day. This has to do something with the return of prospects. We're giving them something. We have to be giving them something. We are. We are. I'm sure we are. But keep in mind, the Red Sox have gotten nothing from first base. Bobby Dahlbeck has not been good as hoped. Uh, they do have prospects, Tristan Casas, waiting in the wings, but he hasn't been called up yet. Obviously, no guarantees with any prospect that they'll be good when they come up. Um, so, I mean, Hosmer will at least be, you know, we know well from his time in San Diego, he'll have just about an average bat um, and probably not great defense, but it'll probably still be a marginal improvement for the Red Sox at first base because they've had bottom five production there this year. Oh, for sure. And they just added to a terrible defense by getting Hosmer and Fam. They just got two more <laughs> terrible defenders. But that's a whole other thing. Wow. I am honestly so excited that Hosmer's gone. Like, obviously, getting Soto is great. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm beyond hyped for Soto. I'm beyond hyped for Josh Bell. But to get Eric Hosmer off of this team has me beyond ecstatic. I, it really does. Yeah. It just seems like that was the last piece it was just kind of clogging the machine, you know? We couldn't really be a perfectly working team with Hosmer stuck there. His contract always stuck out, and he would never really fit in to the team's plans. Obviously, he was beloved by the team, by the players, but he just, he's, yeah, he just never really fit in the front office's plans. He always hampered Preller's ability to trade guys. I mean, We've been talking about shedding Hosmer's contract since, what, the 2020-2021 offseason? Maybe even that deadline in 2020? That is is pretty awesome that we're out from under that now. I'm sure we're paying down a bunch of money, but uh, it's worth it. Yeah, correct. And so so there's obviously an expectation that we're going to be picking up all, if not the entirety, of that $39 million that he's owed the next three years from 2023 to 2025. He's owed slightly more than $7 million this year, not quite eight, somewhere in the middle of that. We don't know the exact number. Um, however, ideally, we don't pay him this year, and we are able to pay him next year and the next. When and we have more room on the payroll, yeah. Right, so if you want to dive into payroll, we can right now. We have the numbers. Um, in terms of what our payroll looks like right now with Sport Track, they already have put in Soto and Bell, but Hosmer is still in this scenario. Okay. If you want to look at luxury tax numbers, that puts us at 246, which is obviously 16 million more than where we're where the threshold is, correct? That 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 luxury tax threshold for those of you that do not know is at 230. And there's no numbers. It's it's two thirty on the dot, two hundred thirty million. Now, if you get rid of Hosmer and you get rid of the twenty million he's owed this year, or somehow, which I think gets away from the in terms of luxury tax, I believe that that goes away. I know we only pay seven million left this year, but luxury tax is not what is left. Luxury tax deals with the entirety of the year. The AAV, yeah, right. I I believe that trading Hosmer gets us under the luxury tax. I could be wrong, but I think it does. Yeah, so luxury tax calculations are based on total AAV. So Hosmer was 144 over eight years, right? That's an $18 right. million dollar AAV. So if we shed that 
And if according to spot track, we're 16 over, then we would sneak back under, which is important. You know, it's, it's only what a 20% tax, I think on the overages. So 20% on 16, that's like 3 million or something. So it's not that important in money wise, but it is important because it also costs draft pick penalties and international bonus pool money penalties. So especially for second time offenders, since we went over last year for our Lord and Savior, Adam Frazier, it's doubly important that we squeak back under this year so we can be aggressive again in the years to come. Exactly. We just have to, if we can reset this year, it would be massive because I think the next thing that we have to talk about, which might seem like a pipe stream, but has been mentioned by reporters, the Potters want to extend Juan Soto. Honestly, I don't see that happening. I, I just don't understand how you can lock up more than a billion, probably 1.2 <laughs> billion in three players. Like, I mean, I don't know. Seidler, whatever he's in, real estate, whatever, maybe he just is on top of the world and is willing to sink in however much money it takes. But it's certainly no nothing that any Padres team has ever done before and nothing that almost any team in general has ever done before putting that much money into three players. No, it's never happened. They'll look into it at the end of the day. It's not our money, right? If Siler wants to do it, do it. That's what I say, <laughs> right? Like if, if, if his sure. money laundering business is going great, then keep laundering <laughs> money, dude. Like let's get us this Juan Soto for the Let's get yeah, right. Let's get Juan Soto and Tatis and Machado in the lineup together for the next six years at this point, right? Six years, I think. Yeah, it would might be. as well sign Degrom this off season, right? I mean, gosh, dude, like, wow, that offense can be lethal. You you can there you can carry an offense with three guys like that. You can, you can. Yeah, if you get the right pieces around them, and if can. they stay healthy, you can. Yeah, I just. I don't think we extend him. I think he goes to free agency, and we'll see what happens there. But it's not just a pipe dream because reporters have come out and said the Padres will look to do so this offseason, which means that we're not just saying that as fans. There's a reality to this thing. That's, yeah, that's just insane. This is not, uh, this is not your Padres Padres, as they say. Hey, it looks like we got a little more breaking news. Um Joey Gallo, everybody knows, of course, the Yankees have been looking to move him. He goes to, of all places, the Dodgers, which I totally did not predict there. Um, There had been rumors that the Brewers um, and the Padres could be of fits. Somebody else, maybe the Rays, uh, were also mentioned. But wow, the Dodgers. You You know what this looks like to me? This actually totally reminds me of what we would have done if the Dodgers had landed Soto. It just looks like a tiny little, you know, desperation move in response to us getting Soto. Now, I know the Dodgers are stacked. They're probably still a better team than us, um, even with Soto, but not by much at all now. And it does look a little, I don't know how you want to say it, but looks like they're just kind of grasping at straws here. No, it's a total Padres move to do because it happened last year. We did we missed yeah. out on we missed out on both Scherzer and and Trey Turner goes in that deal. We missed out on him. So then the Dodgers respond this year 
by getting Gallo. Who is Gallo? Gallo is Adam Fraser of last year. That's I really think he's going to turn out to be that way. Granted, like you said, the Dodgers are in a significantly different position going into the deadline than we were. But getting Gallo, what does that do for you? I, for one, am ecstatic. Yeah, and from his perspective, <laughs> I mean, he wanted to get out from under the New York media. Well, congrats. <laughs> now you just landed in Los Angeles media, which is <laughs> not really much better. So, I mean, that's not, uh, yeah, not ideal for Joey Gallo. And no. he's only a rental, so he will certainly test the free agent market this year. It'll be really interesting, actually, to see what he gets, depending on how he plays these last couple of months with the Dodgers. I can't see much playing time for him. Can you? Where would he fit? No, and, and I don't want to spend too long on Gallo, because, again, he's really not a good player anymore, but he has that potential. What is Gallo going to do differently in an L.A. market than he did in a New York market, like you said? What's different? There's nothing different. The division's tougher to hit in. Yeah, he, he went from the best team in baseball to the second best team in baseball. The, the stakes are still super high. The pressure's still on. I don't know. I don't see him uh, suddenly blossoming. No, and he went from a place that you can hit balls with a 50-degree launch angle out if you're a lefty to a place that if you hit a ball 50-degree launch angle, while the Dodgers fans might react that it's a home run because they're notorious for that, <laughs> it's going to be a pop-up caught by Josh Bell at first base. Like, let's be real. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. There's no good hitting ballparks besides Colorado. You could argue Arizona is, but like he's not in a better situation and by any means. It's, it's honestly pretty funny. And today has been just a great day. I have to be honest. Today's just been a great day. It's been a good day, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're sorry for the little uh, Padres bias that may be leaking into this episode, but can you really blame us? This is this is just about the, uh, well, yeah, it's the biggest trade in MLB history, and the fact that the Padres are the ones that pulled it off, just unbelievable. It, it really it really is, and then you add on getting Bell, and you add on dumping Hosmer, and you add on Dodgers doing desperation things, seemingly, like, this shouldn't be... The reality because it's never been the reality right it just seems like we're we're part of somebody else's team who are we fans of now because it's certainly not the Padres no honestly I don't have anything else to add other than let's go Padres winning the World Series this year we've got this we have the chemistry we have the the initiative we have the team to do it just go and do it please get us a ring I totally agree I can't wait man I cannot wait for October. This is going to be so exciting. And I can't even wait for this afternoon. More deals coming. We got, what, three hours left till the deadline? Two and a half? Right. It's, it's, it's truly unbelievable. And like Johnny said, don't worry. We have the deadline covered. We have all the trades that have gone down in the previous days covered. We have podcast episodes coming up this next week. They're going to be coming out hot because we have a lot to discuss so don't don't worry if we didn't talk about your team yep we're coming we got more logan's coming to visit me so we're gonna have in-person podcasts so it's gonna be even better it's gonna be fun and even if your team stays quiet this deadline we got episodes for you we're gonna be talking about outlook so stay tuned Absolutely. it's just gonna be a very very exciting next two weeks uh for painting the corners absolutely all right i think that does it Whew. We'll be back in a couple hours for the live trade deadline reaction. See ya. Let's go.